welcome to the 10th episode of the Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. Each week we take a look at a different trope or subgenre in a huge collection of Destiel fan fiction. And this week um, we're going to be taking a look at a set of alternative universes that is much loved within the fandom. Um, and that's fix where at least one of Dean or Cass is a baker. One of the fics we're planning to discuss today will be Cupcakes and Kittens, and we're very pleased to welcome the author herself, Mandala Rose. Hello. Hello, welcome. Can, can we can we call you Manda, just so that we don't have to say that out loud very often? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the other two fics we're going to discuss today are called I'll Cross the Sky for You, which is by Super Honey, and The Way to a Man's Heart, which is by... And I really apologize if I'm get pronouncing this wrongly, but it's by Lissy OIC. I hope that's ran like close to how the correct way. Um, but links to all of the fix we're talking about today um, will be available in this episode's post on mixtapebookclub.com and also included in our collection on AO3, which we'll link in the post as well. Uh, for our non-fanfic topic today, or our fanfic related topic, we are going to have a little discussion um, about comments on AO3. Um, how to leave them, what kind of comments we leave, um, how to respond to comments, just just everything about comments from three avid readers and writers for you. So fix where, where one or other of the guys is a baker. <laughs> um, bakery AUs, uh, it's kind of like a sub genre of like a subsection of the coffee shop au kind of trope um where like not i guess not all coffee shops are bakeries and <laughs> likewise that not all of the bakers work in coffee shops either so and i think there's like quite a lot of destiel fix that are tagged as as a coffee shop au but not many of them are actually tagged as either Baker Dean or Baker Castiel. So I think this might be, I think there are other um, fix out there that aren't tagged with the bakery tags at all as well, which makes it a little tricky to find them sometimes, but um, it's one of those sort of genres where maybe the tags aren't particularly consistent, but um, we've certainly found a few that we love. We all have favorites, like judging by the, the number of people on our social media this week when we um, announced that we were doing bakery fix who you know cheered and said oh I love it when they're bakers <laughs> so it's a well-loved trope I think. The first story that we're going to discuss today will be I'll Cross the Sky for You by Super Honey which also has art by I believe that it, uh, it's pronounced Acery. Um, it was published for the Teamcast Trope Fest in 2017 it's 33,000 words and it is explicit. And the summary says, Castiel thinks it sounds ridiculous, a spaceship that's also an Earth-style coffee shop. But upon his first visit to the family business, he quickly realizes that the owner, Dean Winchester, is incredibly handsome, the pastries are delicious, and the coffee is out of this world. One visit leads to another, and before long, Castiel is completely won over by both the coffee shop and its owner. It's hard to maintain a relationship when you're constantly flying across the vastness of space, but for the sake of both his heart and his stomach, Castiel swears he and Dean will make it work. Yes. Space gays. Yay! Yes. <laughs> we do love our space gays. 
Ah, yes, I'm such a big fan of fixed set in space. There are not enough of them. Um, if there were, I would immediately demand that we do an episode just on space gaze. Yes. <laughs> maybe I need to write a few more. <laughs> Surely there's enough there but, to, to make a whole episode about space gaze. Yeah, we might have to look into that. Yeah, Put it on the so. list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not only is this a space story, it's also a coffee shop story. <laughs> Which is just yes, a yeah. space no, no, coffee it shop. Is, Amazing. It is a coffee ship story. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which made me so happy. <laughs> I have never met a pun I didn't like. No, I love it. <laughs> just the concept of this one is so novel and fun. Like it's it's a simple enough concept, but it's really to use the space puns. It's it's really out there. It's great. <laughs> It is. And from the moment I read the title, I was sold on it because something about that title, I'll Cross the Sky for You, just gave me such firefly feels. Yes, yes I started hearing the theme tune when I read that <laughs> title. <laughs> I was immediately like, yes, this one is for me. I'm going to like it. I mean, it's almost firefly. Um, it's almost a firefly universe type thing because mm-hmm. they do like Castiel's ship and crew are the ones sort of ferrying people to different planets or whatever um, and, you know, mm-hmm. taking on jobs, I guess, similar to the way that, that that happens in Firefly. So just maybe a slightly more legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although they do run across some unsavory people in their business. They do. I, well, I think that was one of the things I really loved about this is that because Cass and his crew are um, – you know, taking on jobs and faring around, it kind of ended up with a bit of an episodic kind of feel to it because they, each each job they took on, they introduced mm-hmm. another member of the the cast of characters from the show. Um, you know, and I thought he, they brought in the the author brought in a lot of well loved characters just briefly into the story as they were taken. So I could this is only thirty thousand words. I could have read like 200k of this i loved the way that it like the actual concept and the way that they brought in all the different characters for different jobs and you know kept coming back to the 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 coffee shop in between kind of thing i thought that was brilliant loved it (laughs) i really could have too i really part of me wanted to see more detail with the you know i don't want to give it away the conflict and the resolution at the end of the story i would have loved to have seen more of that yeah at the same time that probably would have made it less of a bakery or coffee shop au and more of just a space au yeah i think the length really served the kind of story that she was telling Mm -hmm. i just really enjoyed it enough that i wanted a lot more (laughs) yeah that's yeah exactly yeah yeah, if it, had t- if it had been a lot longer, it might have been a bit drawn out and they, there would have had to be more of um, complex kind of conflict, I guess. But the way that um, it was done was, yeah, very Moorish. I would have liked it more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? The good fix do leave you wanting a bit more, really, don't they? So no matter how long they are. Yep, they do. And like you said, for the, the kind of story that she was telling, it really did help to focus on the bakery trope and that was really kind of a core component of the story and I loved that and I loved that you know when you see bakery AUs and kind of that I guess they we'll call it the bakery trope or the baker character trope you sometimes see it in two different ways it can either be part of the plot and it drives the plot 
or it's more a part of the characters and you know what drives that character and illustrates them and I think it was the second one for the story because really um, you know the author uses that trope to illustrate Dean's character and you know he's very much uh, a character who uses baking to show his love for people and we all know that Dean that's you know he's much more an acts of service kind of guy he's going to show you he loves you he's not going to tell you that he loves you and in this he you know makes a big effort with all of his customers but you know especially that one special customer to find <laughs> just the right pastry to invent just the right thing for him and to uh, let him know exactly how he feels without ever having to you know say those words <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I loved the tension at the beginning where, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's the very beginning of the fic, but um, where, you know, Dean is Dean. He's this kind of slightly flirty, confident guy to the point where Cass just doesn't really think that it's genuine. He just sort of assumes, well, you know, this is his business. He probably treats everyone like this. He just wants me to buy coffee and cake. <laughs> yeah. um, and it t- took that little bit of time for Cass to realize that there was more to it than that. Yeah, it's like a, a very short slow burn <laughs> it takes a while for him to get on board but given then... the length of the fic yeah there was only so much scope for slow burn in there yeah. but we, we still got it in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but once he's on board he's like all on board <laughs> he's casting this one as a, a little bit of an awkward bean um, I think I feel like at the beginning but yeah once he knows that that Dean really means it he's like right I know what I want I'm going to get it <laughs> yeah and that's kind of a unique thing you know usually we see coffee shop AUs and bakery AUs as meat cutes and this was more of a meat ugly and I don't know if I've ever really seen that kind of a dynamic at the beginning of a coffee shop or bakery fic I'm sure it has mm-hmm. to be out there but yeah it's not very common certainly yeah well, I think the final thing that I'd like to say about this fic in general is just the way that it's it's written. Um, Super Honey in general is mm-hmm. an author that I'm very fond of. I read, you know, read pretty much everything that they share. So as soon as as, as soon as I saw the title and that it was by her, I knew this one was going to be a winner for me. Um, but I just really click with the writing style as well because she manages to get that very descriptive lyrical way of writing without lingering so much on things that you kind of get bored and skip a bit you know <laughs> um mm-hmm. and i really appreciate that appreciate that about her writing style it's it's kind of lyrical but clean um and i'm very fond of it so definitely yeah. worth reading just for the the quality of the writing itself even if this isn't necessarily maybe one of your favorite tropes definitely give this one a go i think yes absolutely i'm a big fan of super honey mm-hmm she tends to write a lot of like, historical stuff, right? Yeah, she writes really good historical stuff. So, yeah, we're turning into the Super Honey fan club. We Yay! love you. <laughs> <laughs> and she actually has another bakery AU too, oh, really? with vampires. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So another another bakery AU with a not commonly seen twist to that. Yes. Well, before we go on. Um... I know that like this one as well, but also all three of these figs being bakery I use have some really delicious food in them. <laughs> um, they and, make you know, me hungry. Pastries and hot, you know, drinks and all that kind of thing. Um, 
did you I don't know if this one's got new actual recipes in it but like I know I've been inspired to kind of go and bake some stuff after reading all this stuff how about you guys this story made me drink hot chocolate actually (laughs) I read both of the other fics that we're discussing today right around Christmas so um, I, you know, I had time off of work, and so I'm like, oh, let's read Bakery AUs, getting ready for this. And so I read several of them in a week's time, and it was also Christmas, and I baked so many Christmas cookies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever baked that much in my entire life. Yeah, the week that I read them all, I made banana bread using a recipe that we will discuss later. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I made um, like cherry turnovers, which they were so good <laughs> and, um, and I also just drank a lot of hot chocolate and coffee and sat around reading while nibbling but you know sometimes you have to expand the experience beyond what's on the page sometimes you just need to lean into it and accept it it's a yeah. multi-sensory experience exactly <laughs> anyone can read these stories without being hungry is beyond me they have skills that I do not have <laughs> yes should we go on yeah sure Okay, so the next story we're going to talk about is The Way to a Man's Heart, which is by Lisi OIC. I assume that's how you pronounce it again. Um, this one was published just in November 2020, so around the time of the, um, the, the finale of Supernatural itself. It's 50,000 words long and it is explicit as well. The uh, summary is quite short and sweet. It just says, in a fictional version of Lebanon, Kansas, Dean owns the pie hole, which he runs with his brother, Sam. Castile works at a rival bakery, Your Daily Bread. They meet anonymously over the internet, sparks fly. So basically this, this is a, 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 an adaptation of the movie You've Got Mail, which is also an adaptation of older work, older <laughs> stories, sort of going back in a chain of the, the long tradition of, uh, you know, basically fan fiction i guess <laughs> retelling of older stories but um yep. this is like like dean and cast uh are exchanging messages or emails through a, a forum an online forum and then afterwards in emails and then they meet in real life as well so it is two-person love triangle um and lissy is also a really amazing artist so there's some beautiful artwork in this story too um, so definitely you just even just to have a look at the title banner and you'll be like hooked on trying to read to find the rest of the art. It's just really beautiful. There was no way I was not reading this after seeing that banner. There... Yes. <laughs> She's about, like the special kind of talented people who are able to write beautifully and create amazing art. <laughs> I know. All that talent. I mean, share some around, people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> This is an interesting one, like a little different to the earlier one, where Dean and Cass are both bakers. Um, but Dean makes specialises in pie and Cass, work, he works for his family business, I guess, with Chuck and his uh, siblings, um, making bread and cake. So that's sort of how they meet, exchanging tips about how to bake the other thing, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting concept. Yeah, I liked that, you know, I mentioned before that, you know, in bakery AUs, you sometimes either have baking being more of a character-driven thing, and sometimes it's more, it drives the plot, and this is definitely, baking is really central to the theme and the plot of this, like, that's 
kind of what the whole fic is about is yeah. them baking and yeah in their respective bakeries and then um you know getting to know one another like you said through trying to give one another baking tips and um eventually trying to learn to bake the other's specialty so yeah. to speak and yeah i really liked that i liked the, i liked Cass's attempts at baking the pie with the he tried he tries to bake this pie like so many times and it's got some <laughs> chili on top of it or something there's some weird like spicy thing involved that I thought sounded super um, interesting. Like bonnet peppers, I think, was what it was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so that would have been like super spicy, but then I guess balanced out with other things in the, the pie. And I just, it, it made me really want to try it. I'm that person that if something sounds weird, I immediately want to just try it. Yeah, I, I'd love to try so it. I, I wanted to try that one. Yeah. And there was one he made later on with mangoes, I think. I wanted to try that one as well. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was the one I wanted. I want the mango one, yeah. There's some beautiful, um, like, I don't think the actual recipes themselves are in this fic at all, but the way that um, she describes the making of each of these different things is just, oh, my mouth was watering the whole way through this one. It sounded so delicious. And all of Dean's baked goods in this had really kind of interesting expressive names, which just made them seem very much more Dean to me. Yeah. Like, even on the banner, you can see that he has cheap date drunken pecan pies, um, and falling in love chocolate pies and obviously apple of my eye pies things like that. and that it was it was very Dean um, so I think it, it very much even though as we said the baking is very plot integral here um, it was also done in such a way that you could tell a lot about each of their characters from mm -hmm. the way that they bake yeah yeah Cass starts out by baking breads you know breads are very practical and uh, but he kind of you know he has a desire to be more creative in his baking and to branch out from that. And he isn't able to do that um, working with his family business. So I thought that was, you know, in this idea of you know, free will applied to a bakery. Yeah, there's a lot of metaphor in this, isn't there? Yeah, like he has to rebel a little bit and go beyond his family. Mm -hmm. so. And of course, Dean is the one to lead him astray with cheesecake pie. So um, definitely <laughs> yes. some, some canon echoes there. <laughs> Not enough cheesecake in the actual canon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the age-old question. Like, would Dean consider cheesecake to be pie or cake? Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> like some kind of existential crisis. <laughs> Now I want to know. Someone uh, someone asked that at a con, please, when those uh, restart. Well, Dean likes question for Jensen. Dean likes a bit of both. We know that. I've heard people call it pie so many times. I'm like, but it says cake in the title. I'm distressed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you call it. It's delicious, and I'm going to eat it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Label it what you will. He doesn't care for labels. He just wants it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's our bisexual uh, pie baking hunter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so yes, really enjoyed Bakery AU as well, especially with the two-person love triangle twist, because I am a slut for two-person love triangles in every possible way. Yep. Um, so this was nice to, to scratch that itch. Definitely give this one a try if you are into Bakery AUs or two-person love triangles. Yeah, I mean, this one's a really interesting two-person love triangle because um, it's entirely from Dean's point of view, which means that we don't 
in a in a love triangle situation we might hear both sides of the story so we know we, we might not have known how Cass was feeling about the whole thing but as it is it's all from Dean so we never really know whether Cass knows that um, you know Dean is the pie man or in in, in two person love triangles there's like a, a bit of a, a range of ways you can do it like you can either have them both finding out early on what's going on or one of sorry one of them finding out early on what's going on or you can have them both just totally oblivious until they both find out at the same time like in um four letter word for intercourse for example where Mm -hmm. it all just builds up until all of a sudden they both find out (laughs) what's going on and it's like amazing but in this one like dean knows very early on who that cast is angel cakes um and, and for various reasons chooses not to tell him at the time. Um, so that does make for an interesting dynamic with, I, I read it kind of feeling like um, I wanted Cass to find out like really desperately <laughs> by the time he actually did find out. And um, because of the way that it is based on you've got mail or whatever, that when the, he does find out there's no sort of big drama about it, he just goes, oh, I wanted it to be you after all or whatever. So I don't know. Did that change the um, the way that you saw this story, guys, or what do you think? I I wanted to yell at Dean a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to yell at him a lot. I was like, no, you will not manipulate that man. <laughs> um, I did yell so, at him at one so, point. Yeah. I even yelled at him in my my comment to the author that <laughs> I yelled something. Well, he was flirting as Dean with Cass, and I was like, Dean, you keep it in your pants and you leave that man <laughs> alone until you're ready to come clean. So yeah, yeah, I did get a little frustrated with him um, as we got closer to the end, and it was really you know Dean was getting to his wits end and and couldn't really keep up the charade much longer. Um, but it also you know it did give a lot of uh, suspense throughout the story like I went back and looked at some of my comments throughout and it was a lot of you know me just incoherently shouting like oh my god does Cass know he knows right he has to know and you know for, for many many chapters and trying to you know get to that point where the big reveal happens but I do think that you know Cass did have a little time to he gave himself a little time to warm up. It wasn't just a, he found out and then immediately confronted um, yeah. Dean. So it would have been interesting, I think, to see his point of view during that. But only having Dean's point of view, yeah, we're kind of guessing at what Cass was thinking. Yep. I would have liked to know how he kind of saw the sudden change in his life. And Cass went from this quiet life with his bread and his bakery to suddenly having effectively two men throwing themselves at him. <laughs> So yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, what that was like for Cass all of a sudden. So, this has never happened Dean to me before. Like, <laughs> couldn't keep it under wraps enough to just stick to one of his personas. So <laughs> he must have known. I think you're right. He must have known earlier. Like, surely, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think he had suspicions, and then there was a point where. It was made very clear that there were some very clear hints dropped to where you knew that he knew. Yeah. Um, but I think even before that, he had, obviously in my comments, I shouted that again and again and again. But he had to have had some suspicions. He had to have been going, mm, maybe. <laughs> A little too much coincidence here. <laughs> yeah, he had I mean, to have Cass, had an inkling, I think. Cass can be an oblivious bean at times, so I don't know. 
Well, speaking of two-person love triangles, we, we, we have to move on to the third fic in, in, in this episode. So Cupcakes and Kittens um, is by Amanda LaRose and it has some really gorgeous artwork in it that is by our friend Lady Random Box. Uh, it was yay. yay um, it was serially published in during 2020 and 74,000 words and it's explicit as well. Um, and Manta, would you be willing to read the summary for us? Absolutely. Dean Winchester is not a cat guy, but one soft-hearted Sasquatch brother and a mad dash to the pet store later, Dean somehow finds himself the sole caregiver for an abandoned baby kitten. It's a good thing that quirky pet store girl gave him the Twitter handle for her cat rescue buddy, CJ. Dean doesn't know about the kitten, but he sure as hell could use some rescuing right about now. Castiel Novak is not a baker, but one interfering best friend and some dismal Yelp reviews for his brother's coffee shop later, Castiel somehow finds himself standing in front of a cooktop in his very first baking class, his non-existent baking aspirations literally going up in smoke around him. It's a good thing his gorgeous, green-eyed classmate is there to rescue him. Yay. Well, I think we have to talk about Cupcake first, right? Because yes. Cupcake okay. is definitely the driving force for this whole story. <laughs> cupcake the kitten. Like how, like, not only is this a bakery fic that everyone loves, but it also has kittens, which everyone loves too. We love a kitten story. It does. So this story kind of came about. Uh, this was actually a fic that I wrote for the Fic Facers auction last year. Oh, yeah. And this was um, kind of derived through conversations with my winning bidder, the awesome Amanda Canzo, who was just so lovely to work with and is now a really good friend. And um, the problem was she bid on me and was wonderful. And uh, then I'm like, okay, so, you know, what's your prompt? And, and it was kind of, oh, yeah, I need one of those. So <laughs> uh, we talked about, you know, I said, what do you like? And, you know, she's really into baking and really likes bakery AUs, especially Baker Dean. And she also likes cats. And I actually had a little drabble, you know, one of those little flat bunnies that you sit down and all of a sudden you pour out 5,000 words and it's going great until the story goes absolutely nowhere. And you have no idea what happens next. And uh, I had one of those sitting in my drafts with an abandoned kitten that was actually inspired by an abandoned kitten that I found one day when I came home from work in my driveway. And I was very much uh, Dean in that instance where I was like, there has to be someone out there who is better prepared to take care of this tiny little defenseless kitten. And I know who it is. It is anyone but me. So my, my scramble and my husband's scramble at the pet store was kind of the inspiration um, for the beginning of this story. And then with a little help from her, uh, it kind of just grew from there. And that is the origin story of Cupcake the Kitten. Oh, that's 2020 so was the year of running around with abandoned kittens because you had one, I had one, Dean had one. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot going on. So we should say Sam uh, is the instigator of the kitten in this case. And he kind of slightly dumps it on Dean. <laughs> he does. Says, yeah. Voice it right <laughs> off. <laughs> that was one thing I loved writing about Sam in this story is Sam is just, he's just a teenage kid. He's an ordinary kid. You know, he's thinking about girls and, 
you know, going to study groups. And I just, I really had a desire to write Sam just being a happy, normal teenage kid doing happy, normal teenage kids stuff. Like, you know, spontaneously taking in a kitten and then just trusting that your big brother is going to take care of it for you as you go off and hang out with your friends. Because in most AUs and obviously canon, Sam is very used to Dean dealing with things and taking care of things, basically. (laughs) And I think that was a really good extension of that. Also on this topic, one of my favorite tiny details in this fic that I absolutely loved was that Dean's um, contact in his phone for Sam is Samantha the Teenage Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I scrolled past the um, phone screenshots, which there are you know several throughout the the story for various things every time that would give me a little chuckle because <laughs> it's just some, so something that dean would do <laughs> so why how how did you actually come up with um like the idea of putting images with the text sort of in there like it's a really effective um kind of way of using that like a lot of people struggle with the formatting of including text messages in in their text but um like, what did you actually use to put those text kind of bubble chat things in there? I used, I just Googled um, text message generators and um, Twitter message generators and then kept playing with ones until I found ones that kind of looked like I wanted and that were easy enough to use. Um, okay, so just generate the I have to find the links the for those. Yeah, I'll have to find the links for those and I can give those to you. You can actually put them in the blog if you wanted to. So if other people want to put themselves through the hell of creating those, they can. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know why I did it this way. I You know, I've written other stories where they've texted and I've done text messaging different ways. Um, and I really, I wanted to distinguish the text messages from the the Twitter messages. And I thought that since, you know, those Twitter messages between Dean and Cass especially were going to be so central to that plot line. And I wanted to really kind of keep that relationship separate from the relationship developing between Dean and Cass in person, that the visuals would be a good way to help with that. So they were a lot of fun. I feel like they added to the story. I hope they added to the story um, because they were actually quite time consuming to do. Uh, they yeah, were the formatting. The formatting must have been <laughs> it was, very it was interesting. A little bit of a nightmare. Uh, it's you know, it was in having to size them too because you know I can't just I couldn't just use code to make them the size of the screen like I normally would an image because you don't want this giant uh, text message taking up your entire screen if you're on a computer. Uh, so I had to size each one individually. So it was. It was quite a bit of of work. Um, I mean, I loved it, and I'm glad I did it. I don't know that you'll be seeing a lot of those from me in the future. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if um, if anybody would be interested in this, but I do think that actually one of AO3's most recent updates would probably help with that, um, with the image sizing. They've actually changed the way that they do that, um, where I think images are going to size differently on different screens now. Um, I haven't played with it yet, so I can't kind of fully say how things are going to look. Um, the next time I post a chapter or something, <laughs> I will I will play around with it. Um, but it yeah, they did work. recently. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I noticed something in the update notes because I am 
that sad nerd that reads the AO3 update notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did notice something in there that they've changed um, the way that image sizing is working. So, Well, you know what? I was excited about that, but I was also annoyed because I just learned how to do that myself. <laughs> like just <laughs> recently with the last couple of fix that I posted, learn how to make my banner size down to the screen for smaller screens. And so now that I know how to do it, of course, they've made it automatic. And I actually, I had to look up a link for one of my older fix where I did not know how to do that recently. And it is nice and pretty and small now on my smartphone. So it, it works. You don't have to worry about right, sizing okay. your images anymore. You can just pop them in. Um, don't have to use a Wix. Yay anymore. for AO3 updates. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it was a very simple thing that they needed to change. I mean, the actual CSS for doing that was only a few lines. So I guess to do it on every fix um, just makes sense. Yeah, RIP to the really? people with lots of images in their fix who have done that manually for the past yeah. <laughs> yeah. however many years. <laughs> Going forward, that will be a nice feature. Um, so speaking of formatting in, in, a, in a random tangent, um, your I noticed that your chapter titles for this fic uh, spelling out a recipe. <laughs> Is that correct? They are, yes. Ah, good. Which I, I made the week that, that I reread it. <laughs> oh, is that no, the banana bread? Yep. That's the banana yeah. bread. Yep. Ah. So when the fic was actually posting week by week, I was kind of trying to work out as I was going along. So obviously when you just have a couple of lines of a recipe, it could be anything. Um, but as the weeks were going on, I was like, hmm. And I remembered something in my head about just Amanda talking generally about making a lot of banana bread. <laughs> so I was like, this has to be it. This has to be the banana bread recipe. Oh, so so by the end, by bread. the end, I just kind of tried it. And I was like, yes, it is a banana bread. I don't know what it would have turned out like otherwise, but you know. <laughs> it is. And I didn't tell anyone what the recipe was for until the very last chapters. <laughs> yeah, when I posted idea. the rest of it so they could actually make it. What a good idea. Yeah, just, it's delicious though. Just yeah, one more way it. to... Yeah, it's a good banana bread, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all banana bread is good. Like, let's just put this that out true. there. But there are definitely some better recipes, and this is a really good one. Well, I made several different recipes before I stumbled on this one. So there was a lot of comparing and contrasting. It was a whole uh, experience. And that's that's one of the funny things about writing this, this story was that, um, you know, I seem to have given people the impression that I actually know how to bake and even that I might be, you know, good at it. And uh, neither of those things is actually true. So sorry if I've ruined the illusion for anyone, but <laughs> I get tagged in a lot of baking stuff now, which I love. Um, don't stop doing that. I love that. Um, but just uh, just don't be disappointed to learn that I can't actually bake. So there's a reason that Dean was an amateur baker in this. <laughs> and that is so that any errors or mistakes that I made along the way, I could just blame on Dean not knowing what he was doing instead of it really being me not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> That's fair enough. No, I think you did good, though. You did good with this one. Like, the baking was very convincing, I think. There was enough yes. detail that it was a very convincing bakery without it being kind of overwhelming. Um, another story that made me incredibly hungry. Fun, delicious research. <laughs> <laughs> and you've included a lot of recipes like links to recipes in your notes as well I noticed so 
Yes. I feel like I deserve, you know, I, I should be doing promos uh, for Sally's Baking Addiction because I used that <laughs> website so much and I think I've referenced it several times in those author's notes. Yeah. So I do She's an unofficial right? sponsor of Cupcakes and Kittens. <laughs> well, I hope this, um, people who've read this fic now will have been inspired to do some baking. Yes, start with the banana bread. <laughs> I hope so. They were inspired to throw lots of uh, baked goods at me. I do know that. Oh, that's a good start. <laughs> there's always that week when you're posting a, a work in progress kind of serial posted fic. There's always that week where you have to duck and see what particular objects the uh, readers are gonna gonna throw at you that week. So. <laughs> there was like a month where I was doing <laughs> a lot of hypothetical bad, ducking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baked, baked goods are a nice one. So, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be quite happy if someone to throw a cake at me. That'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, someone, the, the person who liked to throw cupcakes at me specified it was going to be the store bought cupcakes with the <laughs> gel blue icing that is impossible to get out of things. So, <laughs> oh no, someone else followed that up with glitter. Like, yeah, I was a big mess for a while. <laughs> I made the mistake of using that blue icing for my child's first birthday smash cake. Ooh, oh, no. Bad move. I had a smurf baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like shower him off and then the next day <laughs> um, I was sending a, yeah, I was sending a picture to my mom and she was like, he looks kind of blue. <laughs> I'm like, well, that would be because he is. <laughs> I promise I've washed him several times. <laughs> Okay, yeah, obviously we can cut that tangent out if you want. That's just a random tangent about the blue icing, but that stuff is lethal. So No, I like tangents. Uh, okay. Alright. Um I've got all these questions for you from other people because I asked on our so I'll just I'm gonna segue into this now randomly, but um because it's come up. But in in the Profound Bond Discord server, if you're a member of the server, you probably already know about this, but we have a channel in there now, which is called Mixtape Book Club Channel. Thank you so much to the uh, all of the mods from Profound Bond for giving us our own channel to talk about um, episodes of our podcast. Oh my god! If you if you want to, if you're not a member of Profound Bond Discord's um, server and you'd like to join, um, anyone can join. We'll put a link up in the show notes to be able to join, and you can ask for. A, a special role to be notified of when our new episodes go up so that's pretty exciting um, but randomly this week um, I asked if anyone had any questions for you Amanda about this fic um, before mm. the, so that we could ask you um, what we were recording so I've got a couple um, firstly uh, your your other half Amanda Canzo um, who I've now <laughs> decided to call you guys A2 since you're you know the, the Amanda. That's right. That's our. Uh, that's your ship. Our name. new ship name. I like it. <laughs> um, she she asked how you managed to keep your muse going when writing for a story that was a prompt that was given to you, because she struggles with that personally. She said so. How when you when you're given a prompt by someone else, um, how do you keep your muse going? So I think a lot of it, um, you know, and I've talked about this with other authors too. I think a lot of it really depends on the prompt and on the person giving it and kind of that, that relationship. So, you know, 
Amanda was just awesome to work with. So, I mean, that's just, I feel like that's just kind of cheating because it was just so easy <laughs> to write for her. And I loved writing for her. Um, you know, like, I talked about kind of the, the origin of the prompts and how we kind of work towards it together. So she, she gave me a lot of freedom. And I'm actually going to be writing another story for her because she's wonderful enough that she's bid on me a couple times. And she did the same thing with the other one. She gave me a basic prompt. That one's a song fic. But then she gives a lot of control for creativity over that to me. And so that makes it very easy to merge my writing style with her preferences and interests. So I think sometimes it might be harder if someone has a very, very specific prompt. Not impossible, just maybe a little more challenging if that doesn't immediately mesh with your style as a writer. Um, if they have very specific things or a very specific approach to it. Uh, but I was very lucky in, in this case. And I'm very lucky on the one that I'm working with now that I'm, I'm working on another fic right now that is another auction. I'm doing less auctions this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm so behind. Um, uh, for another auction and, you know, for a, a friend of ours. And, you know, she and I just have very similar styles. And we have very similar philosophies, very similar approaches to the show and our thoughts on the characters and our thoughts on, on um where we wanted this to go and so it's just been a really easy back and forth um so i think that's kind of of the trick is just you know have prompts from really awesome people and it makes it a lot easier but i mean it is you know I, I, it is kind of a challenge at times i think when you're trying to write for something and there's a different kind of pressure knowing that you're writing something for someone else you know you want it to be you know extra good i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to let that person down. So there is definitely a different kind of pressure there. Um, and I had a lot of fun writing this for Amanda. I kind of, uh, you know, I didn't know her incredibly well when I started this. I know her much better now. Um, so I, you know, sort of uh, stalked her. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I talked to other people who knew her and got some insider information on other things that she liked and interests she had that she hadn't actually told me. It sounds really creepy when I explain it. Um, I, actually I just suddenly before. had a flashback memory to that, actually, of you asking yes. me about her coffee order. And rather than being a normal person and just telling you, I <laughs> back through a year's worth of photographs to find a picture of her coffee order for you. And I don't know why oh. I did that, but I did. Well, it made so, me feel a lot less creepy, just so you know. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is going to sound really creepy, but I know that you're friends with Amanda and I need some insider information. Things like, what does she like to watch on TV? What are her other fandoms? What would she, what is, what is her coffee order? Like, it really sounds And then I responded in the creepiest way possible with, I have a picture of it. <laughs> So I guess the um, the trick to um, keeping your muse going is to have friends who are more creepy than you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fortunately, Amanda was a great sport about it and did not find it creepy when she started discovering these things in this story that sounded very much like her life. <laughs> That's really awesome, though. All right. Um, now, the other question is a little more technical in nature. Okay, so you have other, like your other um, much-loved favorite fic, fandom favorite fic 
I say that like five times quickly, um, <laughs> is um, Stay With Me, Sweetheart, which is a very long and beautiful, um, you know, story about someone who has an accident and like Cass has an accident and Dean looks after him. Um, and it, I'm not going to, let's like, not go into that one as well just <laughs> right now, but what I mean is it's a very long story and it's based partially on, a, on events mm-hmm. that really happened. Um, and also this Cupcakes and Kittens is quite a long and complicated story. Um, during your writing process, do you plot, do you, do you have like, I know that you have very detailed outlines. Um, do you plot out the enti- your entire fic before you start writing or are you more of a have a vague idea of what's happening and then just pants your way through it? It depends on the story. Uh, longer fix really do. I really do tend to have a pretty big outline. Um, I will say the outline tends to grow and change as I go. And the outline for, you know, you mentioned Stay With Me, Sweetheart, was actually significantly shorter when I first started. I thought that story was only going to be around 80K. Uh, ended up being... 140. So part of that was just me not knowing how to estimate my writing. And part of that was it kept getting longer. So um, this story as well got longer. Uh, It was supposed to be, I want to say like 11 or 12 chapters, including the epilogue at the beginning. And it's a couple chapters longer than that. Um, You know, things just, uh, you know, conversations the guys want to have and um, you know, the smut happened later in this than what I originally intended because they just want to talk when I write them. It's really, really hard yes. to get them in bed together. Sometimes I just um, want to do that, don't I? <laughs> That's such a pain. Do. I don't want to, as the case may be. Yep. They really do. Um, so it just depends. Like, um, I would say that my outlines tend to be pretty detailed. But they're more detailed because there's a lot of dialogue and half-written scenes in them. Um, not necessarily because every single plot point is worked out. And then there have been times where I have written out plot points and changed them. Or I will know how the story is supposed to start. And I will know how the story is supposed to end. And then there's this pesky bit in the middle. And so I might just skip that part. Um, and assume <laughs> that I'll figure it out when I get there. So... Uh, that, um, I had another story that I, I wrote last year for, uh, my Harlequin where I kind of stalled in the middle because I had done that. Like, I know how it ends. I know how it starts. And, um, it took me a while to figure out that middle piece. Yeah. But yes, I do outline. And people have asked me for Cupcakes and Kittens, how I kept the two-person love triangle straight and, and things like that. And in addition to the outline, I also did have a couple of other documents where I had a list of things that were Dean and Cass and a list of things that were, you know, Dean and CJ. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I guess two-person love triangles are a bit like, except for the last one that we were talking about where Dean knows from early on, but it is like having, like, developing two completely separate relationships. (laughs) It's like two stories in one. I colour code a lot of stuff when I'm um, doing two person love triangles like my entire outline will kind of be color coded between the two different couples oh that's so that a good can, idea yeah really good idea with both going through that the, the pacing works for both of them so yeah, it's so much fun working in those little those little bits where you know you're almost going to give it away and then it doesn't happen <laughs> 
I had a lot of fun with that. Yes, that is the most fun part. And uh, it's the most fun part to read as well for me. Like, I love it when you're like, oh, are they going to find out? And then they don't. <laughs> oh, I have, so a, I have a favorite one of those moments from Four Letter Word that is just one of my favorite fic moments ever in which he did that. And um, and then I, I, you know, screamed at him in the comments and laughed. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It was one of those moments where um, and it kind of ended with a cliffhanger with that. Everybody thought that this was going to be the thing that gave it away. And the comments were filled with that. Like, oh, they're going to figure it out. And then the way he resolved that without revealing it in the next chapter was just phenomenal and, and hilarious to me. Yes. That fig- like, if we, if we, when, when we eventually end up doing <laughs> a two-person love triangle episode, um, we definitely have to talk about that one. Because it's like... Yep. The tension is just so good. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. So, so well written and enjoyable. But yes, we can gush about that one <laughs> yes, we, when we do. We're talking about baking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, the part that I'm referencing was about baking. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's, there's a lot of pie baking in that fix. It, it was about end. pie. Yes, it actually was about <laughs> pie. It was on topic in my head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was just trying not to be too spoilery. I guess I guess pie is not really spoilery, but yes, no pie is never a spoiler when it comes to Dean Winchester. <laughs> this is true. Uh, it's just a it's a core facet of Dean's personality. Well, um, okay. before we go on, let's just we can wrap up this um, fic by saying that we haven't actually talked much about the content of the fic actually, but um, but that's okay. Uh, if you uh, if you love two person love triangles and you love um, baking delicious food and exquisite tension between the two of them that makes you want to shout at them on more than one occasion um, definitely give this one a go if you haven't read it already and if you love artwork oh, um, yeah. and seeing art in fix I just want to mention that Lady Random Box was just absolutely incredible for this this fic this really like this is this is sorry another plug for fic facers not intending to do that but um uh, well, i guess i should intend to do it because it was a great experience with a lot of fun um but i had actually bid on her for an art piece for this story specifically because i i knew her style was going to work with it so well and i knew exactly the image that i wanted in my head mm-hmm. um and she she blew it out of the park i mean she really just brought what was in my head to life and then she kept going (laughs) um you know she yeah she did that and she's like and i want to do another one for you at the end so be thinking of what you want for that and then you know i thought about you know asking her for maybe like a sketch of a little paw print or something to use for my my scene dividers and she's like and how about if i draw you artwork of cupcake the kitten doing different cute stuff for every chapter (laughs) so that was I know that was all her and she was absolutely amazing and is also now a friend. So this this was a great, uh, this story was just such a great experience all the way around. I got to make new friends and got to share something happy and loving and lighthearted. And it was posting along with the second half of season 15 of Supernatural. So when I think we all needed something a little fun and lighthearted. Um, I was just going to say that actually, other than the main storyline, one of the things I really enjoyed about this fic was a character, and that was um, the way that you wrote Gabriel, because oh, yeah. I think we we have a tendency to go 
kind of one way or the other with him, but I think you balanced him really well in being a character that at first glance was very careless and very out for himself and very kind of early seasons canon Gabriel, um, but then in actual fact turned out to have a lot more heart than you would have expected at first glance. Um, and I really love that characterization of Gabriel, and I think you did him really well, and he was always kind of good comic relief in the scenes that he was in. Um, so I really enjoyed how you did that. I kept on kind of hoping that he would show up in the scenes, <laughs> like in all of the, the scenes at the coffee shop. I was like, are we going to get a little bit, a little bit more Gabriel in this one? Yes, we are. <laughs> no, he, he was really good in this fic. Thank so. you. I love writing him. <laughs> he's probably my favorite um, side character to write. Yeah. yeah. He's very, very fun to work with, isn't he? So. He actually appears in <gasps> quite a lot okay. of bakery AUs. Like I find, like, mm-hmm. maybe it's a coffee Dude, shop can't, thing. You can't like, possibly leave him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's other, uh, he, he doesn't always appear in other AUs, I guess, but in, in the coffee shop kind of and bakery genre, his sweet tooth kind of comes into play a mm-hmm. lot, I think, and he is often there, like, w- working either with Dean or with Cass um, in there. Which is, it's kind of funny because the thing that he, you know, the trickster vibe from canon he's always eating sweet things and when you have him working with food he can't be eating food at the same time so it's kind of funny the way that that translate but it works i always find him really fun to kind of pit against not necessarily against but to put with dean as well because i find that when they both kind of get on the banter train they can actually be quite similar <laughs> in certain oh, ways and it's so kind of- similar uh, it's really and I, I kind of feel like maybe that's why a lot of the time in fix they don't like each other that much because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like looking in a mirror and you're like wow am I really like that um but yeah it's it's a lot of fun to, to read when they kind of bump heads a little bit or start bantering back and forth at each other's expense yes and I am gonna say and you can't back out of this one now but you're uh in Russian to the altar Another bakery <laughs> fic, which I was going to mention later in our, when we're, um, you know, wrecking other stuff, but um, your relationship that you had between Dean and Gabe in their bakery was like, I really love that as well. It was, um, they just, the way they, you know, snark at each other and kind of get in each other's way all the time and just, you know, get mad at each other for being, you know, Gabe often knows what's going on with Dean and Cass before they do in a lot of fix. I find. Um, he's like the same kind of deal with Sam. Like Sam usually knows what's going on before the, the guys do. Because anyone with eyes should be able to pick up on yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Anyone <laughs> close to them knows, right? Yeah, I, I love Gabe and Dean as friends. And, you yeah. know, you do usually see them more um, pitted against one another, you know, more playfully than anything. But I really have a special place in my heart for for Fix where they are friends and best friends. And I so I loved that in Russian. It was wonderful. Russian uh, to the altar, which is, by the way, the most popular Baker Dean fic in the, the Destiel fandom. We couldn't get away with, with not tag. mentioning it. <laughs> She's hiding. Did we lose Mal? There's silence. <laughs> She's under the cushions. Her she pillow over my She's face. having uh, technical difficulties <laughs> over there. Her mic went out. That's what it is. <laughs> I really don't like talking about my own stories in any kind of depth on the podcast because that's just, you know, it's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about other people's <laughs> stories. And I also get really bad just just imposter syndrome embarrassment at the best of times. <laughs> so right. 
just sitting here with just just a pillow in front right, of me. We'll, we'll stop cashing, <laughs> but um, okay. But definitely, it's going to be in the list. So if you, I think probably people who are listening to it to this episode have probably know what we're talking about already. But um, definitely, there'll be a link. There might be like two people out there that haven't read it, and you should go read it. <laughs> definitely. Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, all right, let's go on, shall we? <laughs> so after talking about your, your writing process, Amanda, I'd have to go on to completely different uh, sort of fic-related um, <laughs> topic, and that's leaving comments. Um, now, what I think I can speak for both of Mel and I here to say that you're one of our favourite readers because we love it when you leave, like, your wonderful long comments on <laughs> stories. Yes, Amanda is a very skilled commenter and comments are essentially how I met Amanda, really. <laughs> Just yes, kind yeah. of talking back and forth in comments. Um, so, I mean, we talk on a much more regular basis now, but I think that that's how most of us met you originally um, was because of your comments on Fix. Yeah. So. so we thought that since you're here talking to us, we bet we, we uh, might go into some... Um, discussion on commenting uh, and how and our experiences with it yeah I often hear or or read as the case maybe um, a lot of people saying that they don't comment on fix because they just don't know what to say or they're kind of awkward about it um, and I guess the first thing to say about that is as long as you're being kind and, and respectful it, it doesn't matter what you say like <laughs> you can key smash or you can just leave an emoji i have a lovely reader that just leaves an emoji on every single chapter of every one of my fics um and i look forward to it even though it's you know just an emoji that one thing like you still look forward to it so yes although there's a, a lot to smash. be said for yeah there's, there's a lot to be said for um comments that kind of talk about what happened in the chapter and all that kind of stuff but don't think that that's the only worthy way of commenting exactly so. right commenting is you know whether as a reader or as an author it's, it's my favorite part like and i i love readers who don't comment i love readers who just leave kudos who just read i love readers who you know might not you know they might download the fic and read it and then mention it somewhere else like i just i love all sorts of readers um but commenting for me is just it is it's that engagement with other people about love of the thing you know that's that's why we're all here in fandom is because we love this thing and we want to share our love of this thing with other people like us who love the thing too and comments are such a fun way to do that so um i i love comments and you know i love you know long comments that really delve into the chapter or say what you like those are are phenomenal and i love those or you know, I get comments where, you know, you know, people will share things from their life that they related to in the story. And I absolutely love those two. Um, or, you know, quote back favorite lines. There isn't an author alive who doesn't love those. Um, but, you know, like Mal said, even if it's something, you know, as simple as an emoji, you know, I have a, a comment or two who always leaves three heart emojis. And I adore those. I actually told them during a uh, during cupcakes and kittens that you know i'm waiting for the day that i disappoint you and i only get one heart and it's going to break me so like, <laughs> that won't happen they, they would never um well actually they they did at my next cliffhanger but then quickly they were joking so <laughs> i set myself up for it it was like very well timed on their part um 
But no, I love those. And here, and the thing is that, you know, if you ever feel awkward about leaving a short comment or, or something small, or you feel like it's not going to be adequate enough, I mean, as much as I love comments, they do take a lot of time to respond to. And if every comment was as long as the comments that I usually leave, <laughs> nobody would ever be able to respond to all of them. And I really try to respond to every comment. So as much as I love the long comments, having, you know, shorter comments where someone just shares one thing they loved or just says, you know, I loved it. I thought it was great. Or, you know, I was laughing or it leaves a keyboard smash. Um, those are, are just as much loved. They are. I remember I had someone on a fic that I posted quite a long time ago now, um, that I posted, um, as a work in progress each week and each week they would tell me where they read it. So <laughs> I would just get a comment that was just like, I read this on the subway this morning <laughs> and then I could like see going through. And the great part was that the, cl- the further I got through the story, they were like, I couldn't manage to get out of bed before I read this one this morning. <laughs> mm. So it was kind of, I could see their enthusiasm even through something as simple as just leaving a little comment like that. So. Oh, I love things like that. I mean, people say, you know, I read this in the car before I went into work or <laughs> how dare you post this right now? I have somewhere to be, I have an appointment. <laughs> it's the, it's the unique thing with fanfic, I think. Um, in that you get that instant kind of feedback like if you are if you wrote a story and published it traditionally i guess in book format you don't like you have to wait for years sometimes to actually get any feedback from a reader um and i think we're really lucky in that this is part of the attraction for posting um, our stories online is that we do get you know instant feedback and people can tell you um how you're going with the story as you're going through you know without being an actual beta reader. Um, yeah, and like Manda said, we're, like, we're all here because we're excited about the thing, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's really nice to be able to share your excitement about the thing. I mean, I have people, I know we all do, that will respond and their comment isn't even necessarily about the chapter. It's about something that you mentioned in your author's note and they're just mm-hmm. they're just chatting with you. They're just, you know, making that relationship between the author and the reader. Um, and that's lovely as well. Like, there, there is no bad comment as long as it's, you know, a, a polite um, comment. I, I really don't think there's any bad comment out there. Yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned that, Mal, people commenting on, like, the author's notes. I, you guys know this, I'm rather wordy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no. my, my author's <laughs> notes, no, not, not me, uh, my author's <laughs> notes are like, a, a, you know, a compendium. They're like a second, a second uh, story within the story. Someone actually told me that in a comment recently. It was like reading a second story <laughs> for it was for this fic because um, they were quite hefty in this fic. And I try to do that. I try to always put something in my end notes for every chapter when I'm serial posting, like a question. Um, sometimes it ties back to the fic. Sometimes it ties back to something from just life. When the show was going on, it was things discussing the show. Um, that way, if people you know, people who don't know what to say about the story can talk about that instead. Because I found there are people who want to comment and say something. They just don't know how to convey what they want to say about the story. But if you give them a topic on something else, then you, you know, you'll get a comment about the something else. Or you might get like a, oh, I love this chapter. And then I might get, you know, I got a lot of stories about cats with this one. That was one of the glorious unexpected um benefits of this story was i got a lot of cat stories and cute cat pics so 
I think that is actually a really good point to to drive home the like what you just kind of brought up really so almost as a, a tip for authors if you don't know how to encourage comments on your stories or um you never quite quite know what, what to say when you're responding to people sometimes um, i think a really good way to drive conversation is just in your endnote just mm-hmm. treat your readers like people and just directly ask them a question just ask them about something that was in the chapter or specifically ask them how they're dealing with something that's going on in the real world right now um anything and i often find that a lot of people will respond to that people who kind of um kind of lurker readers like the those lovely people that you know leave kudos and read every single chapter but maybe they don't have time to comment or they don't feel confident enough to comment but sometimes if you ask a specific question they'll be like oh well that i can answer everyone loves to talk about food if you ask them about food they will tell you their favorite food (laughs) i ask a lot of food questions and i am never disappointed with the answers except for all of you oatmeal raisin people you're still wrong (laughs) oh throwing hands now (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry we're uh, ending this episode of the podcast early so that i can go out the back and (laughs) sort this out with amanda because oatmeal raisin are the best cookies Oh dear. Granola bars. <laughs> They're just granola bars. Oh, granola bars aren't sweet and delicious. Granola bars are just chunky right and hard. Oh, all right. Stop. No <laughs> arguing. Now listen. <laughs> speaking, speaking of arguments, it is, uh, it is okay to have a civil argument in a comment section, but um, there's a few rules that we like to, not rules, but I mean guidelines. <laughs> that we'd like to share um, about not what not to do when you're commenting um, in general like I guess Wheaton's law applies don't be a dick um, <laughs> try to try to if, that applies to almost everything in life doesn't yep. it yeah yeah absolutely um, criticism is is only um, sort of welcome in certain situations where it has been asked for um, if you so if you're beta reading or you know something like that then criticism is you know expected i guess but not in a comment section um just have a like authors are, are people too like have a think about even if you would not be okay about receiving a comment where your writing was criticized uh not everyone is like that so i know that we've all received comments at times that have been that have like you know, maybe not been a very pleasant tone or um, just criticize something in the story without explaining, without like lightening the mood afterwards, I guess. Yeah, because I, I think the important thing to remember there is that everyone's kind of tolerance level is different. Um, like, for example, with, with comments, I have a, a moderately high tolerance level for genuine crit in comments. Um, however, there's a lot of it which is not actually that. It's just mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there is this kind of fine line between something that's just being nasty and something that you may think that you're being critical, but you're actually just being mean. Um, and the thing is, my, to- my tolerance for that is completely different to somebody else's. So and I always worry every time I see a comment like that, I'm like, okay, well, I know if, you know, my friend received this, it would ruin them for the next couple of days they'd be really upset about it and and then that kind of worries me (laughs) that then you know these these people are out here giving this stuff out for free 
um it you know it's it's not a contract where somebody has paid money for this object therefore they get to criticize it it's something that's being given to them for free and i always wonder how those people react to birthday gifts they don't like <laughs> i'm like do you <laughs> It's like, do you just immediately start criticizing the wrapping paper and throw it back in the face of the person that gave it to you? <laughs> I mean, it's different online, though. Like, yeah, if you're in, with someone's fact, like, you're in yeah. front of a person, um, you, you're less likely to actually say something nasty yeah. than if you're behind a computer screen and, you know, can let it out. It's that relative anonymity that... Yeah, mm -hmm. but you know, writers are people too. <laughs> yeah, there's Believe someone on the other end of that screen reading that comment, and there's a difference between you know, comment like I occasionally get people who you know, oh, there's a spelling error, especially my older stories. So I do occasionally get someone that'll point out something like that, and I don't mind that at all. Um, I think my favorite one ever was I used R Y E instead of W R Y, and they're like, you know, I don't think you want to give him um, a, a bread smile, and I'm you know. <laughs> so I, I didn't mind that at all. And I do now want to write a crack fic where they're baked goods just so that I can say Dean has a wry smile. Um, so there's a difference yeah. between correcting a simple spelling error and criticizing content. We are not talking about or tone policing comments that address things that are problematic um, or that are trauma triggers or things like that in fan fiction. There is a very big difference between a comment that is addressing genuinely problematic content and a comment that is along the lines of, you know, you don't do a very good job world building, your characters suck, and oh, well, actually, here's a thousand word essay on the inner workings of the internal combustion engine, and you might want to reference this the next time you write a garage scene two completely different scenarios yeah that's a really good analogy and we're also quite lucky as well in that the way that most of us are in some way active on social media so i would say because like i said everyone's tolerance level is different so it, it's a case of if you're going to tell somebody that they have lipstick on their teeth or toilet paper on their shoe you do that privately generally <laughs> you don't walk up to somebody in a public space and point at them and yell at their toilet paper on their shoe um and so i would say if you come across something in a story where you think that the author has just made a genuine mistake because we all do all the time like we are human if you could see our beta documents like seriously <laughs> we we make some mistakes around here um like personally what i do when i come across that is i just privately message the author i just speak to them on Twitter or Tumblr or Facebook or any of the other places and say, hey, um, I think this might have slipped by you and I didn't want to leave it in a comment you know, in case it was deliberate or anything like that, but I thought I would mention it to you. And I've always received a really positive response to that. Not that I've done it a lot, but there were just one or two things where someone that I knew had just genuinely made a mistake. And, right. and they didn't have, yeah, <laughs> they didn't have um, a beta for that chapter. And I was like, oh, I think they meant to something different there. Um, and I think just doing that privately is just a way around all of it. Like, <laughs> doesn't need to cause grief for anybody. You can just privately, you know, it get is. Your and I point across in a I kind think, way. You know, with with social media being what it is, if someone doesn't have a social media presence and their only presence is on Ao3 or on, um, you know, whatever posting site they're using, then they probably don't want to be approached, <laughs> and they probably aren't going to want that kind of feedback. So I would just let it go in that case. Um, same thing if someone makes it clear by explicitly stating that they don't have a beta and they don't use betas, 
because um, some people are very, you know, their writing is very personal to them, even though they're sharing it online, the process is very personal to them, and they make the choice not to have anyone beta read or edit. So I would say at that point, if they wanted feedback, even on, you know, typos and grammar things, they would have a beta or an editor to do that. Um, they, you know, they, they wouldn't state outright in their author's notes that, you know, I don't have a beta, I don't use betas. Because some authors do do that. I can think of a couple in particular that I know that deliberately don't have anyone be to read for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, respecting their preferences. And if, you know, if you come across someone like that and they do have a lot of minor errors and that's something that breaks up the flow of the story for you, well, maybe they're not the author for you. Yeah. You can hit that little X button on the top of the tab. Yep. Yes. Um, Taking the author kind of... um perspective into account as well if you leave like there are quite a few authors out there I think who also are not like there's there's a lot like I know that we all do try to respond to every single comment but there's also some authors who don't do that or they respond to a few comments and not all of them um and that can be due to like just volume overwhelming like as you said earlier Amanda Mm -hmm. it does take a long time to respond to um comments if you get a lot of them um so don't take it personally if if the author doesn't respond to your comment when you leave one um we see well most people see all of the comments that come in and we appreciate mm-hmm. all of them so so please don't let the fact that um that you may not get a response stop you from leaving a comment we definitely will still see it and appreciate it absolutely um and i've seen i think most commenters that i've interacted with or people that i've interacted with you know whenever somebody ask a question like that in a in a group or on Twitter, you know, how authors feel about, feel about comments and, you know, and how commenters feel if they do or don't get a response. I think the overwhel- overwhelming response is usually, you know, oh, when I leave a comment, I don't expect to get a response, yeah. um, which, you know, it just kind of shows you how many lovely people we have. And, and overwhelmingly, the vast majority of comments that I think authors in our fandom receive are just beautiful and positive and amazing because those are just the kind of of people that we have in this fandom and not from what i hear not everywhere is like that so um i i'm just really grateful for that Um, i do want to say though that the kind of the one uh, kind of the exception here we're talking about less than positive feedback um if there is something in a fic and it happens and sometimes we miss things, we deal with a lot of very heavy topics in fan fiction sometimes. It's not all lighthearted bakery AUs. Uh, and so some of those topics, um, you know, deal with a lot of trauma and can be very triggering for people. And most of the time, most authors are really good about tagging those things. Um, occasionally we miss something. So if there is something that is a major trigger um, in a fic and it isn't tagged, if you have a way to let the author know, if you can let them know privately, then you know, I'd recommend going that route. But um, you know, there have been some where they, they didn't have a way to let them know privately. So I have let them know, you know, hey, you might want to consider tagging this. Um, it, you know, it could be a trigger for some people. And then whether they do or not, that's their choice. But I do think that's kind of an exception because I know the vast, like I would be devastated if I, you know, if I missed something like that and then no one told me. 
<laughs> I'd be devastated anyways. I feel I'd feel terrible either way. But I would much rather know so that I could then go back and fix it. Yeah, it's hard to um, know sometimes what those things are too because um, there's mm-hmm. just so many that well, everyone's got a different kind of things they don't like to see and fix. And um, there's been a, f- a couple of cases where, like, I would never have thought that people would want to be warned first for, um, you know, pairings with of the guys with other people, for instance. Like, uh, it's yeah, but that's a really big thing for some people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what I mean. Like for, for me, I, I would never. So... I, I don't think about that when I'm writing it, but but mm-hmm. for people, other people, that's like a really big thing they want to know about. So someone to tell me that I need to tag that I'm like oh of course I will you know but I need to know you know you don't know what you don't know I guess so yeah exactly we all have different kind of things that we're comfortable with and not and we don't always automatically think beyond what we're comfortable with yeah yeah. Um, we try to to definitely like we always try to yeah yeah (laughs) as writers you try to kind of get your head around the space of you know would somebody else be upset by this um but we don't always know and I don't know a single author that personally that would be you know, irritated or or upset if somebody came to them and said, "Hey, would you consider tagging this because X Y Z?" Um, like personally, I would be perfectly okay <laughs> if somebody said that to me. I would probably be very apologetic that it hadn't been tagged mm-hmm. in the first place. And that, I mean, that's the beauty <laughs> so... of um, AO3 is that we have like such a great tagging system that allows you mm-hmm. to filter out exactly what you don't like. So the more and you don't have a limit on the number of tags you can include. So um, you know, always worth adding tags if you need to um and i would say the only other thing that i would say i mean it's it's i'm trying to think of how to phrase this we can address sometimes very serious issues or topics in fan fiction um and sometimes those are a central part of the story but we are all our own people, we have our own limitations, our own biases, our own privilege. And there are times that that comes through in a story as well. And uh, we may not be aware of that. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to discourage anyone from bringing that up either. Um, so, I mean, now there are times that it might be central to the story and it's, you know, it's, that's what the story is addressing. I mean, obviously, we deal with a lot of, um, you know, ABO and, and things like that deal with a lot of gender role issues and a lot of very serious stuff in those stories. And that's yeah. a part of what that, that genre does. Um, but those, once again, are things that you might want to you know, tag for. Um, but, you know, and I, I can think of an example from, I, I'm, I'm not going to, call anybody out but I have an example from my own um one of my own stories that is is why I'm saying this is that someone pointed out something to me and they were absolutely right and it was you know a miscalculation on my on my part it was you know it was it was wrong so there was a part of it that you know there were there were various things, but there was a part of it that I just think was absolutely um, a wrong choice. And they, you know, pointed that out to me. They were very nice, um, as, as nice as they, you know, could possibly be. I think. Um, but I'm grateful for that, and it's something that I learned a lot from, and that I wouldn't have known. So I don't want anyone to think that by saying you can't, you shouldn't leave negative comments 
that we're tone policing is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, no, and I think, that's not I think a lot of the time it's here. in the way it's something is addressed. Um, that That's really key, I think. Um, a lot of the time you can have two comments which are making exactly the same point and one of them can be a positive comment and one of them can be a negative comment. Um, I think a lot of the time it's in the way that it's approached and addressed and if you're if you're, if you're not sure then like just go ahead and, and use the author's social media if they have it and, and talk it through with them um but i think you know you can bring up these things without like i said earlier being mean like there's a difference between a critical comment and a mean comment um and people's people's tolerance for both of those is going to be very different but definitely don't feel like you can't approach uh, an issue that that has been in, been brought up because of, of reading a chapter or a fic. Um, there's just a right way and a wrong way to do it. Amanda, I've got to ask, like you write such beautiful long comments that um, often address a lot of the things that have happened in each chapter that you're reading. <laughs> um, how Do you have a certain way that you go about writing those? Like do you keep notes as you're reading? or do? Because I find that when I get to the end of a chapter, <laughs> I often just, I end up leaving really short comments generally because I, I don't remember all the feelings I had while I was reading a chapter. So I just end up going, this was good. Thank you. Like, that's it. <laughs> but you always leave such thoughtful uh, comments. So it really depends. Um, you know, so those really, really, really long comments, um, usually, yeah, I have scrolled down and noted things or copied and pasted things that I liked from the chapter as I'm reading. Like I scroll down and paste it and then I go back up and read some more because yeah, if I get to the end, then I forget. And you know, or I'm like, I wanted to talk about that one part and then I'm going back through trying to find it. Um, So yeah, I usually do kind of comment as I go. So it's more like a a live reading, you know, (laughs) than it is um, a, a comment at the end. But sometimes, you know, it just depends. It depends on, you know, and I don't always leave long comment, comment, especially now because I don't know. There's time to write or there's time to read and comment, and so <laughs> there's there's constantly a you know not enough time situation going on. Yeah. Um. So sometimes I do just wait until the end of the chapter, and then it might be a, a shorter comment. I think that the final thing that I would kind of want to to say about comments, just generally, is that for anybody that kind of sits there and isn't quite sure what to comment or is kind of shy about commenting or thinks well I don't really know this author this author doesn't know who I am why are they going to care what I think um all that kind of stuff just just remember that authors actually have the ability to turn off comments um for that for their chapters or for their whole fix um so you can pretty much assume that if the author has the comments turned on it's because they want to hear from you um it's because they care about what your opinions are, what's happening, if you're excited about this bit or that bit, or that they just love getting feedback. Because I know as a as a author for myself that it's very motivating to do that. Like there are days when, you know, I sit down and go to write and I think, oh, I'm just not just not feeling it today. And then I'll go back to answer comments on a previous chapter and it can completely turn my mood around. Mm. So just remember, if, if those comments are open, it's because we want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, so don't feel awkward about it or like that comment is not wanted because maybe you've never commented before. And you're like, well, they're not going to know who I am. Well, then comment. And we will know who you are. Believe us, we do recognize names that keep popping up. <laughs> um, you know, if, if we start to see your name pop- popping up a couple of times or maybe you leave a comment on more than one fic, like we do actually recognize that. Even when you get, you know, like 
if, if you've got a couple hundred comments to go through, um, because you're like me and you avoid <laughs> your AO3 inbox for a little while because life hits you in the face. Um, but when you go back, you do notice that those same names cropping up again and you do kind of like start to have kind of a, a relationship with those readers where you end up thinking when you're writing something later, oh, like so-and-so is going to love this part. Or um, you, you, I know that I personally have actually added in little things. Mm -hmm. um, there was a specific part in... Um, Russian to the altar actually where someone mentioned something the my beloved um Darnis actually <laughs> mentioned in something in a comment and the second that she said it I was like no I have to write that in for her like I went ahead a couple of chapters and specifically edited something because I was like no this this has to happen um I, I have the ability to do that because I write so far ahead when I'm posting things anyway um but you know the comments comments matter they do like just because you're just expressing enthusiasm about a thing that means that we then know that you like that thing so you're likely to get more of that thing <laughs> well it's so funny one of um our one of our uh, favorite commenters all of our favorite commenters um and now friends is uh the reason that uh um sam and uh linda at the end of cupcakes and kittens kind of worked their thing out and uh, she kind of came around to him and warmed up to him um, because she was wanting that uh, the commenter from like the very beginning of the fic and kept mentioning it throughout and I was like okay I have to give her this it's like I was like waiting for that chapter to come up this entire time because I knew that she was just going to be so excited over how that situation resolved itself and I've done that before too where I've written other things in um, someone pointed out in a comment I don't even think it was on my fic. It was on somebody else's fic. They pointed out in a comment that I have a real thing for Misha's ACDC t-shirt. <laughs> and that, like, it, yeah, it was one of those things that's become a, a thing in my fix that it, it pops up again and again. And I hadn't realized it until then that I kept doing this. So yeah. now it's a very deliberate thing where, yes, like that, that t-shirt shows up quite frequently. Um, and, yeah, now that's definitely a thing that I do because of that comment. So... Awesome. And I have to definitely, I, I assume you're talking about Anupalia. And I'm going to yes. um, give a shout out to her because I love her shouty comments. <laughs> all caps Getting yelled at you is a privilege. <laughs> all caps flailing is the best. So thank you. <laughs> um, I got her to like swear at me multiple times. I was so proud. <laughs> like I felt just like I don't like I don't think I've ever gotten this level of a reaction from you like I just that was a very proud moment for me yeah uh <laughs> yes her, her yes, comments a... actually uh I used to read her and like I think I've told her this now um so speaking of, of creepy things that Amanda does um you know I I'm one of those people that I don't just read the fic I read the comments on other people's fics yeah. Um, you know, so I, I like to read other people's comments. And I used to really like I was an Annapalia fangirl before I was a writer because I would read her comments on other people's fix. And I used to think, you know, it'd be so cool to actually be a writer and get a comment like that. So <laughs> you have her to thank probably for some of my my dedication to commenting because uh, and then I remember the first time I got one of her comments, I was like ecstatic. Yeah, I was the same <laughs> with that because I've been. I'd be following her comments on um, waiting for a signal. I think like when I when uh, Trenchcoat Baby and CB Five Star were posting mm -hmm. that, and then um, you know I, that was sort of when I first I think was introduced 
to her comments and then um when she started commenting on the magic boyfriends I was like oh my god it's you <laughs> I know you but I can't tell you I know you because that's gonna sound creepy sorry I'm a fan <laughs> Anyway. Oh, I suppose there's a clarification to be made there, just just in case anybody you know does wonder about this. Um, there is a difference between a negative comment and yelling at us. Sometimes we oh, want no. you to yell at us. Yeah, yeah no, yell at us. <laughs> yelling yeah. at the author like if is we, encouraged. If we leave you on a cliffhanger, then scream and cuss and do whatever you need to do. Yeah, we are we are going to read that positively. Believe me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a certain it's a way. Like in a way, it's to do with your relationship with the author too. Like if it's someone I know who's screaming at me that you know what have I done to them this is the worst thing then I'm going to be happy about it like I don't know. um whereas <laughs> if it's someone I don't I've never heard from before and because it's so difficult to to give tone across in in text right so if, if um if it's someone I don't know and they're, they're telling me this is terrible and I've done the worst thing I'm going to feel worse about it <laughs> it's someone I already know so I don't know, maybe... Don't have that be your first comment, I think. Yeah. yeah. Leave a happy <laughs> comment first no, so not... that we know you like us. No, no, it's like you can, then scream, you can scream and say, these boys are so stupid, like, I ha what are they doing? I hate them. But then maybe in brackets afterwards, just put, by the way, this is really great, I'm enjoying it. You know, <laughs> I don't know, something, you know, just... <laughs> just clarify a little yeah, bit so we know. I don't actually hate you. <laughs> anyway, where were we? <laughs> Better stop talking about commenting. I I don't, we went on a... <laughs> yeah, massive, massive tangents in that. But bottom line is, please comment. Information about commenting. <laughs> we love comments, but don't be shy about it. It's it's fine. There's no bad comment as long as it's polite. <laughs> but if you don't say if you don't have the energy or the spoons or the time to comment, like we're not trying to guilt you here. It's okay. I've even had people that don't want to comment on Ao3 because it's. I guess it's almost like a permanent record of that comment. Like once they have said what they were going to say, it's there attached to the story and other people can read it. Um, so I, I've definitely had people who have contacted me on social media just to yell about a certain chapter or, or tell a story that maybe they don't want to share with everybody, but they want to share in relation to that chapter. Because they don't want creepers um, like me who read comments to read it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> don't want strange people like Amanda reading your yeah, stories all the time. Right. <laughs> Stop it. You're but... <laughs> but you know that is perfectly valid too um mm -hmm. just to say like that's uh, i personally as an author generally don't find that annoying i'm sure you can get an idea from from the story that you're reading if you kind of get to know the, the author through their author's notes and things um in what kind of ways they are personally happy to be approached by readers um but i'm always perfectly perfectly happy with that personally um if somebody wants to just send a message in a different a different format because they don't want to put it out there on AO3. I think that's perfectly valid. Um, and it's also just valid to, like we said, just not comment at all. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Like there's no, there's no obligation to comment at all. Um, it's more just, these are encouragement and guidelines for the people who do want to comment or who want to, but aren't sure how, how to go about it. Uh, you know what we haven't done? What we haven't, we, ha we haven't, talked about other bakery fix that we want to wreck um so we talked about a few fix um during our discussion there that were um you know other bakery fix but we've got a few extras that um we just want to shout out um manda you said you had one i do 
Just Your Heart in Exchange for Mine by Knox Soulmate. Uh, this one, I think, really is more of a, a coffee shop fic. I mean, it's it's bakery. It's Baker Dean, and he does a lot of baking in the fic. Um, uh, and he owns a bakery, but it's a, it's one of those bakeries that serves coffee, and it kind of has that coffee shop kind of feel. But there's also a supernatural twist because this is a world with witches. And I had to mention this one because there is a black little cat. Um, and that is kind of central to this story is uh, Dean finding this cat. So um, don't want to say anything else and, and be spoilery, but I read this recently and I just absolutely adored it. Yes, I have also read that one and I love it. I've read it multiple times. That's, that's a kind of a comfort reread for me, that one. So, yeah. And I don't think we can mention bakery fix in general without mentioning Kiss the Baker by Little Flit. Um, I think that's definitely one of the, the kind of big ones up there. Um, again, that's an alternate universe where Dean is, I believe he's a police officer in that mm -hmm. one, and Cass is a baker. Um, it is, I think, a relatively long fic, over 100,000 words. I'm doing this from memory. Again, that's another one with, with a, a very strong, even from the title, you can tell, <laughs> kind of uh, bakery thing in there. And I believe it starts off because um, Joe has some, some pregnancy cravings for some slightly weird baked goods. <laughs> so it's a very, very entertaining story. So Little Flirt's always a solid choice, and uh, that's uh, a really good fix of hers, I think. We've got a bunch more fix that we uh, have in our list here that I will include in the... Um in the post on mixtapebookclub.com so go check it out if you'd like to read some more if you'd like some more recommendations um so we have one other exciting announcement this week um you may remember us talking a few episodes ago about our lovely logo that was designed for us by the amazing liz lee i had a couple of people mention it to us and i know that i myself desperately wanted to see that logo in my real life um so there is actually now a merch store available on redbubble um, which um, will have pretty much every every item that you can imagine from Redbubble um, with our beautiful logo on it if you would like to obtain something from the podcast and any uh, profits from the sales of merchandise from there will be going to uh, Randomax. Gotta say thank you very much for coming to join us, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was great. It was lovely to have you with us and spend quite a lot of time talking about food, as it turns out. <laughs> Anytime you food want to talk about my food. My two favorite things. Um, so if you would like to contact us and let us know your favorite Baker Fic or any of the other things that we've talked about today, um, you can find all the links on mixtapebookclub.com and all of our social media platforms are at mixtapebookclub. Um, or you can email us contact at mixtapebookclub.com or now we have an extra one you can come and chat with us in profound bond discord in our mixtape book club channel um i'll put a link on on the blog post about how you can join um pd if you're not a member already so next week we're going to discuss another favorite trope in um, in our fandom and that's soulmate fix um so if you if you have any favorite soulmate fix that you'd like to wreck to us then um yeah let us know thank you so much for listening this week and we'll talk to you again soon 
And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. And I'm totally going to say the next bit so that you have to say the last bit. Thank you so much for listening this week and we'll talk to you again soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. <laughs> <laughs> Time. <laughs> uh.